0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of our podcast, Feminists
1: Throughout History. Today we're going to be taking you back to the 18th century and through the life of a very key feminist figure of that time period.
0: First off, I don't think we can truly dive into the 18th century without first talking about the Enlightenment period. The Enlightenment which took place in the 17th and 18th centuries, was a philosophical and intellectual movement that followed the scientific revolution. While the scientific revolution was all about developing technology and promoting modern science, the Enlightenment focused on more abstract ideals, such as the importance of rational thought and philosophical pillars like reason and honesty. During this period, traditional values were being traded in for more modern scientific and intellectual reasoning. Enlightenment thinkers were also invested in overturning injustices and creating an equal
1: society. But
0: did equality really mean everyone?
1: No, not at all. When they said equality, most Enlightenment thinkers were only referring to equality between the classes of white males. In fact, many Enlightenment advocates used their new found ideals to actually justify things such as racism and sexism. But for the many, many people who did this, there were the few who fought against it. One of those important figures was Mary Wollstonecraft, whom we'll be talking about today. Let's get started!
0: Mary Wollstonecraft is often referred to as one of the world's first feminists. She was a philosopher and author with very radical feminist ideas such as equal education and job opportunities for women. This may not sound very crazy to you today, however, in the 18th century, virtually no other person was proposing ideas like this. Women of this time were seen as merely lesser versions of men, and were expected to accept lives devoted to serving them. However, Wollstonecraft rejected this and radically argued that women were equal to men and deserved to be treated as such. These ideas were not only ahead of their time, they also laid the groundwork for a lot of modern feminism.
1: But let's step back for a second. Mary Wollstonecraft was born in London in April of 1759. Though she was born into money, her father squandered his part of the inheritance, and as a result, was constantly moving his family. Incidentally, he was an abusive drunk, and in her teen years, Mary frequently had to protect her mother from his rages, many of which she unfortunately endured herself. As a girl, Wollstonecraft was denied the level of education that her older brother received, instead only being granted a couple years of day schooling. However, Wollstonecraft befriended a neighboring clergyman named Mr. Clare, with whom she began to to nurture her intellectual curiosity.
0: Upon leaving her childhood home, her career opportunities proved extremely slim, as they were for all women at the time. However, she was determined to make her own way in the world, so she worked as an attendant to a widow. But her real passions lay elsewhere, and in 1784, when she was 25, Wollstonecraft and her friend Fanny Blood established a girls' school, Unfortunately, the school was financially drained and failed soon after Blood's death. Devastated and broke, Wollstonecraft accepted a governess position and soon after published her first book,
1: Mary, a fiction. After returning to London, Wollstonecraft met the radical publisher Joseph Johnson, who soon published another one of her books, Thoughts on the Education of Daughters. Johnson would go on to regularly publish her works in his magazine, The Analytical Review. After that, Wollstonecraft dared to pursue a full-time career in writing, practically unheard of for a woman of her time. Around the same time, she also befriended Richard Price, a minister and advocate of political reform, who introduced her to many other radicals with whom she was able to begin to articulate and share her ideas. And although most of the men that Mary began to associate with weren't as keen on women's rights as she was, this did allow her to begin to debate with others on the subject.
0: A very prominent person that Wollstonecraft debated with was Edmund Burke, a member of the parliament at the time, who wrote a thesis called Reflections on the Revolution in France, in which he criticized the French Revolution and defended monarchy. He attacked a lot of basic human rights, which angered many reformers, especially Wollstonecraft. She soon wrote a rebuttal to Burke, called A Vindication of the Rights of Men, in which she argued many valid points, essentially calling out the many injustices of the European government and Burke's casual
1: attitude towards poverty. Though it was not her most famous or best work, this did establish her as a writer, and two years later she went even further and claimed equality for her gender in her best-selling book A Vindication of the Rights of Women. We won't go into in-depth about her book now, that could honestly be a whole other podcast. But basically, she argued that women were their own entities and deserved to be given equal opportunities in all fields, such as education, career opportunities, politics, and more. She also called out the countless double standards for women at the time. She wrote, How can a being be generous who is nothing of its own, or virtuous who is not free? This book was groundbreaking for its time and established Wollstonecraft as one of the most influential feminist philosophers in history.
0: Also, to interject really quickly, you know who was also a very influential female figure in history? Mary Wollstonecraft's daughter, Mary Shelley. Shelley is very well known because she is the author of the book Frankenstein and was one of the first women, along with her mother, to have a book published in her own
1: name. Okay, moving on. Unfortunately, Mary Wollstonecraft passed away at the age of 38 in childbirth and after her death, her life was dissected by people who hated her feminist opinions and wished to discredit her. People began to write false biographies about her and attack her political stances. However, despite their best efforts to discredit her, Wollstonecraft's works and legacy still managed to create the foundation for modern feminism. It's actually amazing how many of Wollstonecraft's
0: core beliefs are still omnipresent today and have been throughout history. For example, the women's suffrage movement, which happened in the mid-19th century, was advocating for many of the rights Wilson Craft fought for almost a hundred years earlier, such as the right to vote and run
1: for public office. Yeah, and in addition, almost a century after that, in the late 60s and early 70s, the feminist movement fought for colleges and universities to permit the enrollment of women who had previously been barred from attending. One of Wollstonecraft's main stances was that men and women should be granted equal education, which she argued vehemently in her book.
0: And there's more! More recently, nationwide movements such as the Women's March and the hashtag MeToo movements are working for the rights that Wollstonecraft wrote about over 200 years ago. Both the Me Too movement, which gives a voice to women who have been sexually assaulted, and the Women's March of 2017 are arguing for the fundamental right for women to have a voice and power in society, which Wollstonecraft argued throughout her whole life and in her books. And the fight for equal career opportunities, which Wollstonecraft highly believed in, still goes on today in many forms. For example,
1: the fight to admit the gender wage gap between men and women in the same jobs. Okay, we could keep going and going, but that would take a whole other episode. But we hope by now it's pretty clear how Wollstonecraft's timeless ideas paved the way for so many feminist movements after her. I don't think we'll ever stop seeing the effects of Wollstonecraft in the world, because not only was she a principal person in the fight for gender equality in her time, her accomplishments also helped create a space where all women, of any time period, understood that we aren't just a complement to men, but an equal part of society, and we deserve to be treated as such. And I think that we should end with a quote from Wollstonecraft. She said, I do not wish women to have power over men, but over themselves. Thank you for listening. And we hope you guys take something important from this podcast. Join us next week for Feminists Throughout History. Bye!